0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSradio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Bart Walker.
1: Well, good morning to you. It's lawn and garden day, so if you have some Questions dealing with plants, things of that sort, what you should be doing right now. Mitchell Mote is with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Mitchell, how are you today?
2: Hello, Bart. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Doing fine. Good to have you with us today. Uh, it's a great place to be. Thanks for the invitation.
1: Now, this weather that we are having, uh, super hot weather, we're having a heat spell but uh that comes with the territory
2: well it does um i guess if you want to look for something positive about it you don't have to worry about covering your tomatoes up for frost at night so there you go
1: (laughs) we haven't had to do that for
2: a while no i haven't had to do it for a while since at least since back in may i guess
1: is the heat causing any problems other than a little discomfort Uh, yeah
2: yeah it it is um you know from a from a lawn standpoint cool season grasses uh, tall fescues and bluegrass and so on those those that do better in the cooler uh temperatures of spring and fall they're suffering um you know ninety nine hundred degree temperature uh is going to stress them even when they have adequate water it's it it stresses them so absolutely it does and even warm season grasses bermuda and zoysia grass um, you know they need the heat uh, but they also need uh, uh, adequate moisture to go along with it so if there are those lawns that have uh, bermuda grass etc and they are becoming dry then you'll start to see uh you know some visual signs of stress show up in them uh maybe some starting to go off color a little bit and um uh, reduce growth rate and you know it can even turn brown if it stays hot enough dry enough long enough but uh, you know the good thing about those warm season grasses is typically once conditions uh, you know once the moisture comes back then then they're going to come back too uh, and begin, uh, begin growing again the cool season grasses um, you know just depends on how much uh, stress I guess is, is how severely they're going to be damaged they're pretty resilient um, and, and they can survive uh, a, a long a relatively long time with uh, the high heat stress but again having adequate moisture uh, is going to be uh, i guess the key for their survival long term during the hot spell and other plants not just in the lawn you know vegetable gardens you talk about warm season vegetables tomatoes and peppers and okra and squash and so on but You know tomatoes under these temperature conditions they're very apt to uh, uh, abort blooms uh, and and not keep blooms on so they'll reduce production during extremely hot weather Um, ground really dries out uh, fast under you know the hotter it is uh, with indirect sunlight and especially if there's some wind so uh, you know keeping an eye on moisture Uh, in your vegetables, whether it's in a raised bed, especially in a raised bed, they tend to dry out faster anyway because you've got increased elevation uh, because it is raised up uh, and, and so they tend to drain a little quicker uh, so they may dry out faster but keep an eye on those it's not uncommon for you know those those big leaf plants like like squash and so on to to, to, to wilt during the heat of the day because simply because they're losing moisture faster than they're taking in out of the ground even if there's adequate moisture in the ground but you do want to ensure that uh you know you don't let things get too dry uh, because at, at some point you know when a plant begins to wilt uh you know it reaches the point of no return and it will not recover so uh, if they wilt some during the day when they perk back up at night you know that's that's a good sign but uh, even some of the ornamental plants you know hydrangeas especially uh, in the middle of the day or in the heat of the day it doesn't have to be the middle part of the day early afternoon uh, it can be extremely hot you'll see them begin to wilt uh, because they're taking they're they're losing moisture faster than they're uh, taking it out of the ground pulling it up through their uh, vascular tissue uh, but then, the, typically, they're going to to uh, uh, fill back out in the evening because you know that water loss rate slows down, and then they're able to replenish uh, um, the the moisture, the, the the water in the in the cells. In there, and there, they pop back up. So yeah, they're you know it's 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 stressful. Uh, it is, but you know it's it's, it's always been hot. I guess. Uh,
1: I noticed that in the weather forecast that tomorrow, Friday, is the only day that we have any. Uh, chance of rain is about a 10 percent.
2: pretty low chance yeah not and a that's lot for the a... next week all mm-hmm. the way through next not not Saturday. a lot of uh not a lot of rain chance in there and, should we uh,
1: think about watering our lawns or is that just cost prohibitive and
2: uh that's going to be up to the individual whether it's cost prohibitive or not now certainly if if your water is running through a meter uh that's going to have a big most, factor. Most on, people do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now, now there are a lot of people. Uh, a lot. I don't know how many. A lot is there. There are a number of folks that have irrigation systems, and they have a well dedicated uh, to supply the water for the irrigation system, and it does not come through a meter. So they're, you know, from a, a cost standpoint, they're better suited, uh, or in better position to uh, to irrigate without it uh, uh, adding two uh two there it has to be factored in they don't have to worry about paying a water bill on that i guess um you know should you water uh it it, you know right now we're not in a a a low water uh, a a water shortage situation and hopefully don't get into that um there there if you want plants if you if you for example if you want your lawn to survive and you know just whatever your goals are for, uh, uh, for appearance sake. But if you want it to maintain you know, the absolute uh, best appearance, then, then you're going to have to supply some irrigation uh, during these times. That don't mean you'd water every day. You, sh- you shouldn't water every day. Uh, just for the health of the plant, it's not that good. It's better to apply enough water uh, so that you are uh, moving moisture down into the, into the root zone some. Uh, you don't want to just keep the top inch or so of ground damp. So it, you know how much water does it take? Uh, just uh, in, in year in year out average on grasses, uh, it's roughly an inch of water per thousand square feet per week. Thousand. Uh, so you know how much water is that? Well, an inch of water on a thousand feet is roughly six hundred and twenty gallons that's how much
1: you need on most yards
2: Um, that's 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 a year-round average okay Year-round. Okay. now this time of year uh loss rate's going to be a little higher so that's going to be very much close to double that uh, you know up to two inches so then you're talking about uh you know 1240 gallons of water per thousand square feet uh, uh per week that doesn't mean that that much rainfall has got to occur, that that much irrigation has to happen. They just need the plants need access to the equivalent to that equivalent amount of water. That can be water stored in the soil. So as long as they have access to that water, um, that's why deep soils are more productive than more shallow soils because they can hold more water longer. They don't dry out so fast. But the point I was going to try to make is that if you're going to irrigate uh and and you uh you know you keep that in mind we're talking about um, a significant amount of water um you you want to put it out in in increments okay not just a little bit every day but uh you know break it up into into thirds and so maybe water three days a week and water uh uh, enough uh, each time so that you are moving that water down into the uh down into the root zone so that it's not just sitting on top of the ground
1: and that's what the farmers do
2: yeah if they have irrigation that's what they're doing yeah and now you know a big lot of a big lot we don't have a lot of irrigation not a lot of irrigated farmland uh here uh, uh where we are in, in other parts like west tennessee especially they've got a lot more infield irrigation uh, than than we do here from a just a survival standpoint you know there can be survival irrigation just where you're trying to keep uh for example uh, in a home lawn you're trying to keep the grass especially the tall fescue alive not necessarily looking at its best well at that point you're talking about uh you know maybe irrigating it uh once every two weeks or so or just just maybe once a week uh, instead of those three times per week uh, but just just enough to keep the plant alive and depending on the condition it was in before um, before the uh, uh, the the, the heat drought stress uh, sets in on it 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 could be that they can that those plants those tall fescue plants can survive uh, you know with a a pretty decent irrigation uh, on a a bi-weekly basis Uh, now you know most folks are not at that point at this time Mm -hmm. uh, because if you think back a week or so ago we had some significant rainfall uh, but but uh the ground's dried out a lot since then too so
1: now is this a logical thing putting in an irrigation system digging a well is because that's what you do Mm -hmm. is is that a a logical situation say if maybe four neighbors whose lots all touch each other they would go together and dig a well what does it cost to dig a well and is Uh, there always water
2: cost wise i don't know Uh, is there always water um if you go deep enough maybe. <laughs> i mean their wells dry up sometimes uh, oh, that, I, it, it depends on how uh, how you know, how good the water supply is for the well yeah. but back, back to your original question i think it makes sense to do that uh, cost wise anymore i don't know what the cost uh, for a well it, it costs to put in a well of course the deeper you go the, the more expensive it's going to be i do know that if if folks are interested you know, in, in a well, uh, maybe, and, and I hear this, but the, it's not that uncommon. Folks say, well, we bought some property. There's an old well on it. You know, it had been used in years, and I'm gonna, uh, you know, get it cleaned out or do whatever they need to do to get it to, uh, back in operation again. The, and so, so, so then that brings up to, well, who who can do that for me? Who can I find? The Tennessee Department of Environment Conservation. They maintain a uh, a database of uh, folks in Tennessee that are uh, licensed to do uh you know to be well drillers and 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 do service work on wells on water wells and it's a it's a comprehensive list of all those individuals in the state that are licensed to do that it's a great resource if you're looking for someone uh, either to drill a well or to do maintenance uh, on an old well uh, on property that you may have to help you find individuals
1: so if you get water in there you really don't care whether it's drinkable whether it's uh you know whatever kind it is sulfur yeah so and that's, a, that's it's a it's common water's thing.
2: water for for water the the, the, gra- the plants do not care you know yeah. it's uh, uh a lot of the uh, uh you know retail nurseries uh, around you you drive by those uh and, and the irrigation is running and uh, you can certainly smell the the sulfur uh, this water's coming <laughs> from a sulfur. because we well. do have a lot, well, of there's sulfur. a lot of sulfur wells yeah that's true but that's not a concern uh, from an irrigation standpoint
1: and, of course, there are people who say sulfur is the best water health-wise.
2: Uh, you know, there there are folks who can, I, I suspect you can find somebody who can advocate for almost anything. <laughs>
1: So uh, I, you just have to get used to it. Do you ever have a sulfur well at your house? Uh,
2: no, I no. I grew up, you now I I grew up with well water, but uh-huh. uh, down in southern Middle Tennessee, we, we did not. Uh, it was it was not as common to, to run across sulfur water. Now I've visited people, uh, you know, in their homes, in my time here uh, in the last thirty five or so years, and and, and yes, yeah, certainly encountered uh, uh, many instances of sulfur water.
1: Well, I remember there was a, a a sulfur well in Nashville, just away from downtown, and uh, it was at Wortham Bag Company, okay. uh, around Charlotte Avenue, that area. People, and they would leave it open, a uh, uh, spigot,
2: oh, to, come fill f- their, to come
1: fill your jugs yeah, with, jugs with exactly. sulfur water. Yeah. Uh, and that that was pretty much uh, always talked about.
2: Uh, and, you know, you, you, you said that, and it prompted uh, uh, some, some memories, I think, that, you know, there are those that uh, would uh, uh, claim that, you know, drinking sulfur water, uh, mosquitoes didn't bother you as much because of sulfur in there. And so, that might be true. I don't well, I, know. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> and I used to, uh, I would take the, the sociable garlic,
2: because yep, that's supposed yep, to be yep. good for you. Mm-hmm.
1: And for a long time that did keep the mosquitoes away. I didn't have I
2: heard, heard that uh, uh, claim, you know, made as a benefit uh, for and it, us it using worked. garlic. Yeah.
1: Uh, but for some reason after a, a few years, uh, they still they're back again.
2: Uh, so but you're still taking the garlic? I'm and the still mosquitoes. taking but they, uh, they, they 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 have, have become to immune like. to it it sounds like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Do any of you, have you enjoyed sulfur water? Has that made a difference? There were sulfur springs, there were mineral springs that uh, people would go to. I guess Jefferson Springs was one of those. You'd go there for medicinal purposes. There was Faulkner Springs in Warren County, I'm sure there were Spring Prim Springs over. Is that Dixon County? Prim mm. Springs was pretty, pretty famous.
2: I'm I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with Prim Springs. Six one five Sulfur Springs Road. I'm assuming there was Sulphur some springs? reason for naming it Sulfur Springs right. Road. Yeah. Uh,
1: if you dig a well out there, you might find out. Maybe so. Uh, so, do you have uh, some of you out there? Do you have memories of those sulfur wells and the springs? Uh, did they actually? improve your life uh do you feel healthier
2: boy if you need a drink of water they do yeah they sure will yeah yeah even it's, sulfur not you know it's it, it, it'll still hydrate you uh,
1: it, so it's it's good for you no matter what i mean as long as what, water cures right.
2: lots of eels you know that's right. in hot dry weather yeah
1: we'll be back in just a moment our phone number 615-893-1450 mitchell Motis is with us from the Rutherford County. Agricultural Extension Service. What are you doing about these warm days? And is it too late or is it a hassle with the heat wave to plant tomatoes? And should we be seeing tomatoes coming up pretty soon? Maybe maybe some of you are already eating tomatoes, fresh tomatoes out of your garden. 615-893-1450. We'll also check on what's happening at the Ag Center.
0: Overnight, Good Neighbor Talk turns the UFOs, aliens, the unknown. It's coast-to-coast AM, overnight, every night. On WGNS, Murfreesboro.
2: Schedule online, anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, Whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime
3: at GetSTHealthCare.com.
0: Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas' Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to demasfamilykitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to demasfamilykitchen.com. Come by our store Music World and Drummer's Den we're a full-line music instrument store with well over
2: 5,000 square feet, packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kiven and me at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course.
0: Good morning. Traffic's picking up even more in the last few minutes. 24 out through the Hickory Hollow area, headed towards Nashville, leaving Rutherford County. Now, there's already lots of radar out here. Several THP units not only out here this morning, but you're going to see more and more over the next few days, headed into the weekend down I-24, especially through parts of Coffee County because of Bonnaroo. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world famous cotton candy wine. Check out that birthday cake wine. It's awesome. Log on to GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time
3: traffic.
1: A heat advisory is in effect for the forecast area. A few spotty showers and storms possible this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops with a high into the upper 90s. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNs. Currently, it's 74.
3: This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive
2: needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU
0: Sports on WGNS.
1: Welcome back. Our phone number to talk or text, you're in control, 615-893-1450. We have a whole list of questions now for Mitchell. Uh, We could do it, machine gun fire, boom, 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 boom. Uh, Let's let's take a few. (laughs) Okay. This one says, good morning, gentlemen. I have a question about apple trees. My trees have a a lot of little apples this year for the first time, little bitty apples. But they are uh, a little bigger than a marble. That is little and look like they may have worms or bug bites in them. The apples are falling off the trees. Any ideas? Marble-sized apples. Wow.
2: Okay, well, so uh, first of all, it's not uncommon uh, for apple trees or any, any fruit tree that uh, has lots of fruit. I mean, they're going to they're going to shed some of that fruit uh, simply because you know very often they'll more uh, more fruits will be formed uh, just through pollination than the tree can you know realistically support. So it, it's not uncommon for that to happen. Uh, in high heat conditions, you know, plants are going to abort fruit too. So you, you kind of expect that some. Um, From a size standpoint, I don't know what kind of apple it is, uh, but I expect it ought to be larger than a. uh, It should be larger than a marble, even a great big marble. It ought to be bigger, or it should get larger than that. and you know have, have they fertilized uh, uh the trees uh it's some they they do respond you know it's, it's like uh, a tomato or your corn or whatever uh the, the plants need the fertility uh to produce you know to their maximum so the, the addition of fertilizer uh you know in the spring of the year uh, throughout the growing season can be beneficial now in terms of You know they said apples have worms in them well there's a really good chance they do uh have worms in them uh boy but you know where we live uh there's lots of different insect pests of fruit as well as disease pests of fruit and it's extremely extremely difficult to grow fruit without um you know using some kind of a pest control uh, program now we we the the ut extension has uh, a uh, a disease and insect pest control uh, guide for homeowners those that are growing fruit to, uh, in their homes in their backyards wherever and it's you know for the common fruits for apple for pear for peaches plums uh, uh, so on and it's a, uh, it's a it's a it's a whole system uh, it, it's a spray schedule from the dormant season all the way through uh, through uh, harvest after harvest uh, to give you the best chance of uh, uh, you know, producing fruit uh, and and not having it damaged or the crop destroyed by uh, any combination of the insect and diseases that are so prevalent here. The uh, um, um, the, the it's it, this this publication is available online. Uh, if you went to UT Extension, uh, the home page under publications, and you know you just in the search box put in. Uh, uh, disease and insect control for home fruits uh it'll pull it up for you uh we have copies at the extension office you can stop by and pick one of those up um but it has uh uh, you know a description of the of what to do and when to do it uh and also what to use uh to help control those particular pests you know the fact that you it looks like they have worms in them now i mean so it's too late uh the damage is doing uh you're not going to do anything to to make the worms leave they are not you know the fruit's not going to get any better uh that sort of thing and that's that's the real key uh for you know diseases and in, in, in pest control, insect pest control, in fruits or any other crop, uh, is to be, you know, proactive and and uh, uh, you know not let the damage occur. You know, if you see a bug out here, uh, like a, right now we have Japanese beetles, they're out. You know, they'll be on the canna's or they'll be on roses or whatever. Well, if you see that Japanese beetle on that rose, I mean, you can well you you can pick it off or you can you know use an insecticide to kill a Japanese beetle, but these fruit pests, these fruit insects, that they, they, they burrow into the fruit itself. Well, you can't reach in there and get that. And you know, the damage is already done. So you have to be timely uh, and, and apply uh, the insecticide to protect it so that that doesn't happen. And the same thing is true from a disease standpoint.
1: Here's another question from a listener who says, my neighbor just cut down several really tall pine trees. They had pine cones in my yard along with the pine spurs uh, that are all over the yard. I have cool season grass. Should I clean up all of the pine cones and spurs? Uh, will that damage my grass? Uh,
2: if it's thick enough that it that it uh, 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 blocks the sunlight, then, then yeah, that's, that's, that's the primary concern, I guess. You know, the fact that it's, it's laying there is probably not that big a deal. Uh, but But, you know, the pine cones... I mean, he's going to build your more blades when you run across there, chopping those up. So, uh, from a, just from a lawnmower maintenance standpoint, it's probably an advantage to uh, take the pine cones up. And, and spurs—I don't know—I don't know what that term means. Pine spurs. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe needles. Uh, maybe what we're talking about—the the needles. But again, the needles—not a big issue as long as they're not thick enough to, to, to block sunlight. Uh, but uh, if they are in in, in patches that are thick enough or piles thick enough to be blocking sunlight, then yeah, uh, you probably ought to remove that.
1: Another question from another person here says, I have a one-year-old hydrangea, got it from the florist. It bloomed last year, but has only one bloom on it this year. Uh, It's one-year-old, and it's outside. What can I do to help it uh, have more blooms?
2: well right now nothing uh you, okay. you know you can't do anything to have more blooms right now um, and so it came from a florist so <clears throat> very well it's it's very likely that uh you know the blooms were killed uh, or the buds were killed by frost uh, some of these late, later frosts we had back earlier back back in the springtime uh, that's kind of a common thing uh, many years on the, uh, on hydrangeas um, you know where you have it planted if it gets morning uh, morning sun and afternoon shade that's going to be probably an advantage uh, just provide a little bit of growing condition for it um, if you if you prune the thing okay so it's got a bloom on it now and it um, Knowing, knowing what kind of hydrangea it is would be uh, helpful, I guess. Uh, those that bloom on old wood, uh, if you're going to prune them, then you need to prune them, you know, this, like this year, okay? You don't want to wait until next spring to do it. So, so before August the 1st, if you're going to prune those that bloom on old wood. Those that bloom on new wood, I mean, you can do them you know um, uh, in this in the same growing season you can you know you can prune those uh say in in, in march mm-hmm. uh, whatever the case may be but very likely what has happened uh, on on this one is that um, frost killed flower buds uh, fertilization uh help grow you know it just helps produce new tissue and and new growth uh which can can encourage uh well the more new growth then the more uh, tissue there is there to form flower buds on uh so a general purpose fertilizer uh, you know not knowing what soil fertility is there and so on that's then that would be a, a suggestion is to use a general fertilizer like a a one 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 ratio like 13 13 13 10 10 10 something like that uh there is a we there there is a good publication uh for uh uh, hydrangeas available through the ut extension web page uh it's it's a pretty good reference now it's it is uh it's actually a contractor's guide for hydrangeas, but the information is also very useful to uh, individuals because it talks about the different bloom times and uh, you know, the the conditions needed uh, for uh, you know good growth. Uh, um, I'd suggest maybe taking a look at that, and also you know uh, call or, or come by the extension office. We can talk more in detail there, and you know find out uh, a few specifics uh, that might be pertinent uh, to to why. Uh, you know it's not having good success this year
1: and that's over at 316 john R. 3, Rice, 315 315 315
2: okay. sweet 101
1: yeah okay uh just next to pause down that's from right. sam's
2: that's it
1: you mentioned growing up in giles county here's a listener who uh reminisces about those days they want to know if you remember the old bodenham school
2: well, Bo- yeah, and Did now, I didn't grow up in Giles right? County, I grew up next door. I grew up in Lawrence County. Oh, but, Lawrence, okay. But, yes, uh, Bodenham because I certainly visited Pulaski and so on. Uh, but the old Bowdoin School, that's, uh, uh, you know, kind of closer to the uh, Lawrence County line there where I grew up. Yeah, the old Bodenham Schoolhouse. Yeah. And
1: they said, we had sulfur water at the school. And she said, when visiting basketball teams came by, they couldn't stand the water. No, they they
2: would have to, you know, bring uh, bring their own water coolers. Yeah. With them, I guess. Yeah. I bet
1: you there are some schools around the area, uh, especially up in Cannon County, has a lot of sulfur water. I I, I would imagine. Well, who know. knows? I, I don't, don't know.
2: know. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Curious minds wanting to know, uh, do you have sulfur water at your house? Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty that is our number and if you have a question or a comment give us a shout. farmer's market's going full speed and uh tomorrow is farmer's market
2: yeah farmer's market and um you know vegetables are coming in uh, folks had ripe tomatoes there uh last week at the market and um it's it's getting to be that time i harvested a few uh, cherry tomatoes uh, Out of the garden at home the other day, so it's, uh, uh, they're they're starting, things are starting to come in, you know, it's it's becoming seasonal. Take a phone
1: call. Sure thing. Good morning, you're on with Mitchell Moat. How are you? Just
3: fine, how are you?
1: Doing great, thank you for listening.
3: I just thought I'd call. We now live in uh, the city, Mm -hmm. uh, behind the college, but when I was a young girl, we moved here from Sparta, Tennessee, and we had... Bought one place and didn't stay there long. We moved out to Silver Hill, and Daddy bought a farm out there. Well, we had big time supper water, <laughs> and he and he dug three, maybe four. I know he dug three wells before he got even halfway decent water that we could drink. Yes. but it was you know it was very strong. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> water, but it's good for. There are several things, but I've enjoyed listening to you this morning, just talking about and thinking back on the days that we couldn't hardly that smell at times it's stronger than it is, at other times
2: yeah, I mean sometimes you know you can you know pull up pull up in the driveway of someone's home yeah strong sofa well yes. and you get out you can <laughs> smell it you get out of the vehicle yeah
3: that's right. We moved here because my dad went to work at the VA hospital uh-huh. and uh, we laugh now about moving down here at I was 11 or 12 at the time, and my sister, one was a baby, the other one's three years younger than me. We all married Youngs. Um, they're all related. <laughs> Don't all have the same last name. So we kidded my daddy about bringing us to a sulfur farm, and and so there were a lot of kidding about the sulfur farm and us marrying the Youngs.
1: Yes, yes.
3: <laughs> but, uh, so he just dug, I
1: mean, he just dug I the mean, well a little different place and got fresh water instead of sulfur water. He
3: did well. It wasn't completely. Oh. Uh, he eventually sold the place after we left home and bought, built him a house closer to town. But uh, at the time, he, he finally got one that, you know, wasn't so strong that you could smell it when they, you know, the water came up in the pumps and all. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, it, it's a difficult thing when you move somewhere, and that, I don't know how much of that area up there at Silver Hill had stuff of water. But ours was really bad. <laughs> it's I,
2: all strong. I, but, I know that. It, I mean, it's. I think you're apt to find it most. I know Las Casas, you can find it there. You that, find it in that's Christiana. Right. Yeah, just, that's right. yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, around. we
3: first moved to Las Casas, and then we moved on up to Silver Hill, but he, because he wanted to farm. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to tell you that and enjoy your program well, so much.
2: Appreciate did, you sharing that with
1: us. Did you ever remember the Ray House? You said you were from Sparta?
3: Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I sure do. That was an yeah,
1: old hotel up in Sparta.
3: That's right. It sure, it surely was. It surely was. Well, that's my hometown.
1: Well, that's a beautiful place.
3: It is. It is. In fact, we own a lot up there now. Uh, my family is buried up there, and oh, okay. so we plan to go back there. And we've got a lot that we're we're trying to decide about downsizing and moving back home but i don't know it'll ever happen it's just a, a dream of ours I it, think. it's it's
2: a nice thought to have though thinking about going back to, to where you came from
3: oh it is It, it it's, it's my more my husband's dream than mine and he's from here but <laughs> uh, we <laughs> in fact he just called me he uh, we have a place at crossville and he called and said i'm all headed home and I'm going to check on our lot as I come through to see how high the grass has grown. He goes back up there and mows the lot, <laughs> mows that lot.
2: Oh, he's got a hot day for it. Ooh.
3: Oh, well, I think it's too hot. <laughs> yeah. well, oh, my.
1: You have a great day, and thank Wait. you for sharing those memories.
3: I uh, sure. I appreciate y'all so much and enjoy your show. Thank, thank you. Thank Bye-bye.
1: Well, I love to reminisce about those. I mean, oh, that just is. brings it's back. Sick. It is. It's fun. Uh, speaking of sulfur water. There was an old well in Uptown Murfreesboro, just about a block from where we are now, at the NHC building. They discovered it when they were building that building, the mm-hmm. 13, 14-story building there. Uh, they discovered an old well there, probably from 1800s, early 1900s.
2: You imagine, yeah.
1: And it, uh, they got it going again. And they water the plants. Uh, Use that the for irrigation. irrigation. Yeah. If you drive up there about 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, roll your windows down.
2: You can tell the irrigation's zone. <laughs> and
1: you can tell it's sulfur water.
2: Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> but there's something
1: that. It's a nice feeling.
2: Well, it, <laughs> Again, it's what you're used to. I mean, yeah. folks can become acclimated to, to lots of things become used to things, you know. And the the more you're around to give an odor or whatnot, you, you tend not to notice it so much anymore.
1: Well, you know, if you have that smell, it, it feels like you're going back to the rural days.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially if you experienced it uh, mm-hmm. uh, in an earlier time, for sure.
1: Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Any programs going on other than uh, the farmer's market at the ag center Any yeah the, the, you know the
2: markets going on and, and having the uh, uh the, the various uh, uh, educators there uh, uh during that uh, 9 to 11 time frame uh, uh each day they're, they're, they're typically set up in the you know the lobby area the entrance area out there but what one thing i wanted to comment on this morning bart is um uh poison hemlock poison you know, hemlock. poison, poison hemlock. Okay. Hemlock. so so that that's a plant uh it's you find it growing along the sides of roads and whatnot and uh, the edges of fields and so on uh here in the county and it's been in social media uh, a fair amount this year um and and so that has, you know folks have become aware of it i guess and uh has raised some concerns uh about it now now poison like is called poison like because it is poison uh but the concern uh, the major danger is is by ingesting it is you know someone has to eat uh a, a, a part of it and in all parts of the plant are, are deemed to be poisonous and i mean it's poisonous the fact that yeah it can cause fatalities uh, if individuals do consume the stuff um it's i think some of the danger of it as just from touching it has been kind of overstated a little bit um it is not uh uh, uh it, it's the major concern there is not from like a contact dermatitis like you would get from uh, uh, poison ivy something like that uh but it's it's the ingestion of you know the eating it um it's a it's a biennial plant Uh, It's got a two-year life cycle. Uh, Those the the and it can grow tall. You know, eight ten feet tall potentially can get that big. It looks a lot like uh, uh, it's a member of the carrot family, so it has a uh, kind of a little. Parsley, carroty uh, uh, like leaf on it. So it, um, it looks like something you would eat. W- well, no, 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 it doesn't because you know you don't want to see 10 foot tall carrot plants. <laughs> but I'm just saying the leaves <laughs> on that plant are are very similar to those that a oh, carrot okay, has. We're okay. just talking much larger scale here. Uh, and it's got a big white, or it's, it's not a huge white, flower, but it has uh, f- white flowers, okay, in masses and, and flower heads, kind of like Queen Anne's lace, you know, does uh and, and and they're related queen anne's lace is, uh, is is related to it but uh uh those plants the the, the poison hemlock plants that are, that are in bloom and that's how folks you really recognize them because they grow tall and bloom you now they're they're dying you know they're completing their life cycle right now uh so you know just uh, uh give them time they're going to be gone okay so so don't worry about uh um uh, them being here all year long they're not going to be present all year long but uh uh, folks have been concerned that uh oh my you know my child will get into it you know they're going to break out in a bad rash or something like that it would have to be somebody that's extremely sensitive uh uh, to it for that to happen uh that's just not a general concern but it's the concern is by eating it okay so you know if uh, uh you just certainly don't want that to happen uh don't want to consume it in any way um and, and not suggesting you need to go out and handle it or whatnot but that's not the major concern you know if you find some uh it's on your property you know cut it let it dry and uh, um you know get rid of it that way it it emerges early in the year kind of in the late february up through march or beginning the earlier part of march that's when it starts coming out and it looks you know, the leaves, again, like little carrot plants mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're easy to control with an herbicide at that point. Uh, a lot of different herbicides will kill it. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you found some, like on your, uh, on your property, on your lot, for example, you know, kind of keep that in the back of your mind where it was, you know, this year. Go back out to that same area, uh, you know, next spring uh, in that March time frame. You start looking for it, and you'll probably see them emerged out there, and they'll be real easy to control uh, with an herbicide at that point and never get to the to the large size and let them make flowers uh, where they can then produce seed and, and, you know, just keep the cycle going. So now, you is just thought of it that a, out there, though.
1: Is livestock more prone to eat
2: that? Well, nothing is actually prone to eat it, okay, because uh, uh, now there have been instances, uh, you know, it, where livestock have consumed it when there was not much other option out there for them to eat Mm -hmm. uh the the instances uh these things have a hollow stem and i've heard of instances where uh, you know individuals would 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 make like a pea shooter or something uh, out of a uh, piece of that and and so they would get ingest some that way you know and cause problems um it's but it's not something that you know so well that looks like something good to go eat um it doesn't have a fruit or anything like that on it
1: so just accidentally
2: accidental ingestion yeah i mean you know uh, you know why do people why, why, why do children put things in their mouths anyway i don't know uh but uh, you know that's that's certainly a possibility, I guess. You but child. a pea
1: shooter, I can see that. Yeah, one.
2: oh yeah, yeah. Or make a flute, you know, out yeah. of a piece of cane. Well, here's something. It's got a high, ho- it's hollow. We we'll make a flute with that, uh, without knowing. Uh, yeah, that, that could sure be happen. aware of that. Yeah, be aware of. It.
1: Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. We will be right back. If there's something you have a question about dealing with lawns and gardens or sulfur water. Or Lawrence County. (laughs) Give us a call. 615-893-1450. You can talk or text. Mitchell Moats with us this morning. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop.
0: WTNS, AM, FM, and online.
3: Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your home lawn and garden needs. We have a great selection of heart clothing. We also have wonderful, unique gift ideas, our Melissa and Doug educational toys. And if you're needing things for your garden, we'd have everything you need to help those gardens grow. Come on over to the Co-op Farm and Home Center just off of South Church on Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Please come see us at the for Farmers Co-op.
0: Hello, this is Greg Tidwell from Bell Jewelers. There's nothing like the sparkle of a Bell Jewelers diamond. That's something my father said a long time ago, and we honor that tradition today by picking just the most beautiful diamonds for our Murfreesboro customers. People want to know who they can trust, and Bell Jewelers gets that call quite a bit. Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street. We're across the street from Tooth. We're open 10 to 6 during the week, 10 to 5 on Saturday, and close most Sundays.
3: A heat advisory is in effect for the forecast area. A few spotty
1: showers and storms possibly late this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops with a high into the upper 90s. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 74.
3: Hi, this is Jenny with Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Ryan's has been here for almost 100 years serving the community. I feel so blessed when families ask us to help them say goodbye to their family. I do everything that I can to make it just perfect for your final goodbye. Give us a call, and we'll make that memorial tribute for your loved one and family. Ryan Flowers, Coffee and Gifts, 615-893-7134. 117 South Academy Street.
0: We are News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
1: We're in the final few minutes of our broadcast. So if you have a question or a comment, don't be bashful. This is not the time to be timid. 615 1450 Mitchell Moats with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. 315.
2: 315, John R. Rice Boulevard, Suite 101. Head over there. Uh, Stop by Monday through Friday, 8 to 430.
1: Now, the plots of grass. Mm-hmm. Sort of brown right now? Or? No, uh,
2: it's holding up pretty good. Uh, the the ryegrass is suffering. Uh, the perennial ryegrass is. Yeah. And that's a good example of why we don't suggest you grow perennial ryegrass a lot. Uh, <laughs> because it doesn't hold up very well in the heat. But, uh, you know, thus far they've had adequate moisture and, and things are pretty uh, still holding up pretty good. But, you know, here we are. This is, what, the 15th, 16th day of June, I guess. Uh, yep. M- middle of the month. Uh, man, we are in prime disease season uh so many different fungal diseases uh are, are present on ornamental plants vegetable plants turf grasses uh, uh right now you know in the vegetable garden uh powdery mildew on uh, cucurbits on your squash and your cucumbers that's um, starting to see a fair amount of that on tomatoes uh early blight uh is is it's it's there uh it's it's very noticeable uh that's the one that starts down typically on the lower leaves of the plant first and they'll get the large mostly round shaped dark uh, dark brown or, or, or black colored spots on those and the leaves yellow and, and die eventually and they just kind of progress up the plant like that uh, some of the, the smaller leaf spots uh, we have multiple little tiny uh, brown oh, i say tiny they're much smaller than the, the early black spots are but this brown spots just like a shotgun almost uh, uh, pattern over uh, over the leaf itself and they'll begin to yellow um, you know fungicides are not going to come in and, and and make those affected leaves look better okay because they'll never look any better than they look right now but uh you can protect clean foliage Uh, by the use of fungicides for home gardeners uh, those things that contain chlorothalonil uh, which is one of the ingredients that's uh, uh, good for uh, vegetable crops Uh, brands like daconil funganil uh, uh, etc you know they use chlorothalonil as an active ingredient or mancozeb is another option for uh, home vegetables uh as well as uh, some of the copper uh, based fungicides they can be used Um, and they're very broad spectrum can be used on lots of different uh, vegetables um, depending on the 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 vegetable itself for example tomatoes if you use chlorothalonil on tomatoes i mean it has like a a zero waiting time between harvest or between spray and harvest uh other vegetables may have a longer waiting time it just being so anytime you use any of these products uh, you're going to follow the d- label directions uh, in terms of how to mix it and apply it and also if there are harvest intervals uh, 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 or waiting periods from the time between application between the time you harvest on ornamental plants you know on peonies uh, you're starting to see the the leaf spots show up on those on hydrangeas I'm starting to see leaf spots show up there um, on uh, uh, flowers like zinnias the, they'll get the little tiny spots almost little rust looking spots down lower uh, they start on the lower leaves and move up again those same fungicides uh, you know copper uh, chlorothalonil mancozeb, are good options uh, for homeowners to use um, if you wait until an entire plant uh, is uh, uh, involved You've waited too long. You can't do anything about it at that point. But when you start to see, and and, and you know, like, like peonies, like they'll survive. You know, it's just going to really uh, uh, negatively affect their uh, appearance. And if if uh, uh, if your goal is to keep them as attractive as possible, then you want to start uh, with the first sign of disease, uh, and then you can you know really minimize the effects the disease is going to have on the appearance of the plant.
1: Mitchell Moat, our guest this morning. From the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Don't forget, Farmer's Market in the morning, 7 until noon. 7
2: until noon, yeah.
1: Right there at the Lane Agro park And, of course, uh, on the square on the Saturday Marketplace, 8 until noon around the courthouse this Saturday. Hey, have a good day. Mitchell, thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Let's go get some sulfur water.
2: Let's do it.